listeners, this is Gene Aversa. Welcome back to another week of Serving Up Comics with Nick and Gene. Um, good to see you guys again. Thanks hey, for listening. How's it going, man? How's it and going? good to have my co-host as always, Nick Valero. Nick, how are you? Good, good. Feels good to finally be going back to this. And uh, Nick, Nick, um, we have a special guest today. Um, yes. If uh, was it this guest, um, we'll have because he has a special place in the Wolfhard Pass. We have our uh, teacher from high school, Mr. Yeah. Rob Godinas. It kind of feels weird to not add a Mister in there, so I just threw it in. Please, but, <laughs> yeah. But we're supposed to call you Rob, so yeah, thank you for thank you for joining us. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. It's uh, great to be here. It's an honor. Yeah. And then um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, just uh, background, um, what you love about comics? Oh, well, let's see. I mean, comics is basically how I learned to read. Um, my mom, when I was like three or four, got me some Spider-Man collections that they used to have all the time back then. And before I could read, I would make her read them. And she always used to tell me the joke about how if she tried to skip a page, uh, to make it go faster, I would tell her she skipped a page because I already had them all memorized. And then just from there, um, you know, getting comics. And that, that was back in the days when you could still get comics at your local, you know, drugstore or whatever, the, the old school spinner rack. So I just pick up whatever. Very retro. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, comic book shops probably started becoming a bigger thing around my junior high years. So late 80s, uh, early 90s. And on and off, like most people since then, you go through phases where you either don't have the money or the time and then something will draw you back in. And mm -hmm. yeah, so I've got like 14 long boxes over there in the corner and yeah, bookcase full of graphic <laughs> novels. So yeah. I think a, a couple of summers ago, you gave me like one huge ass long box. Oh, I, I got another one too. So I mean, <laughs> I um, yeah, I had... I'm running out of room. That's my issue. So <laughs> yeah. Another one, I got a prune and like, well, these are ones I've read, but don't yeah. need to around too, too much. Oh, well, thank you though for the, for the box. But I was curious, what's your uh, first comic that you could remember collecting? Uh, first one I bought with my own money, Spectacular Spider-Man number 49. Okay. Uh, he fought the smuggler who later became Atlas from, um, oh, what is that? Thunderbolts. Thunderbolts. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the first one I bought with my money. And I remember that because the last time I went to WonderCon, obviously I don't have that comic anymore, but I, I found it again and I rebought it. Oh, uh, awesome. So uh, mm -hmm. Spider-Man was probably my first uh, character that I followed. My first run, I put together Spectacular Spider-Man 1 through 100. Yeah. No, that's it. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good run. I think that's like... Peter David, right? Peter David's a little bit of that. Uh, yeah. There was some, uh, oh God, who else was on that? Demodis, GM. Yeah, Demodis, might've been later. Peter David comes around later in that run um, with yeah. like the Sin Eater storyline. Yeah. So, yeah. Which uh, I guess they brought back. Yeah, I noticed that. I, I don't read Spider-Man. I'm one of those guys who makes a vow and actually sticks with it. Haven't mm -hmm. bought a Spider-Man since since past. Uh, Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Although I heard it's gotten better. I heard it's gotten better. Yeah, the uh, Dan Solt run is fairly good ever in all of it. And yeah. I think Nick Spencer is pretty good, even though he has some crazy politics in the past. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I did stick with that vow. Um, but I followed along with, like, what's going on in the book. Oh, okay. So, you know, reading yeah. about what's going on and stuff. Right. I was going to say, man, that's uh, good you, you rebought it because I, I still have my first comic somewhere. It's uh, John Brin's Spider-Man Chapter 1. It's like terrible. Okay. Yeah. It's <laughs> so bad. But it's like it's beat to crap. And then I think I bought it probably at a drugstore or something. Probably. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. where most people first get it. Because as a kid, you don't know com comic shops exist. Mm -hmm. And if your parents know they're trying to save money, they're not going to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, no, yeah, it's it's really good to join you because you're one of, uh, besides me and Nick, like one of the few like really big comic nerds I know, like that know like the glossary of like every single character and all the backstories. So it's good to have you on. Thank you. Yeah, you're a longtime listener, first time caller. So. Yeah, exactly. 
but uh i was, I was gonna say um just as an icebreaker nick uh what do you think what can you remember the grade you got in rob's class and what <laughs> And he said I was lucky to get that. <laughs> Absolutely. No, that, that is true. He said he was being nice that day. So oh, okay. I, I, you, I, I had you for government. And, yeah. Okay. Government for sure. I don't know if there's was, another one. It was government too, I think. I, I didn't had, have I had a freshman. No, I yeah. I, I had my first instance, I think. Uh, my, my first time with Rodriguez was, was like, was that junior year? I thought it was senior year. Uh, government was was senior year. Okay, so yeah, my last year, and he yep. was like, "I'm giving you a B so you can graduate." That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think I got like a C plus in government. That sounds about right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I, and both of you had the same issue. Well, we, we, oh, what was the issue? Uh, you guys didn't do your homework. Oh, that's right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would study for the test. I would get good grades. On oh the yeah, test. no, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> well, I gave you the B. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's exactly why he was like, "You don't do any of your homework, but you apparently know the subject." I yeah. <laughs> it was uh yeah there was a yeah I remember I think there was one assignment I might have forgotten to turn in <laughs> that I remember off the top of my head. So sorry about that. <laughs> okay, you guys. I mean, like you've been a successful landscaping business now, so that looks. <laughs> Yeah, if anyone notices my background, it's uh, the Four Seasons, Total Landscaping and More, courtesy of Rudy Giuliani. Yeah, don't, don't tell my students that. They will they'll eat me alive. <laughs> my students will, because I get on them all the time for not doing their homework. Yeah. Well, one of them could listen. Trust me, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> they get on, I get on all the time, and they're just like, you've never not done homework? Um, I have to lie. <laughs> but uh but uh but rob uh i know you do a lot of uh reading comics so we have uh some uh kind of comics to talk about that ended or started and started uh this month uh first off because i know uh you're not the biggest fan but three jokers written by jeff johns what and i feel like everyone's read it what did any everyone just right off the bat what did everyone think of the ending because that was out there Waste of time. It was kind of a waste of time. Yeah, there was no purpose for it because it ends with one spoiler alert. Trust me, actually more saving your time alert. Yeah. Uh, it ends with one joker. So, yeah. yeah. And then they went directly back to the idea of his background is, is ambiguous. Mm -hmm. Like the entire thing was to give him like an identity and to give him a backstory and to tell you, oh yeah, this is who the joker was. Just for the ending to go, no, we're not doing that. We're just going to keep it the same. We're going to keep status quo. That's it. Uh, no. They, yeah. All the, for the two years that they've been hyping up this like little arc to then go, we're not sure if we're going to put it into canon. We're, this, is, this might be Outworld. This may be, you know, it might not matter. It might matter. We haven't decided yet to then go, yeah, we're keeping everything the same. Like nothing, yeah. then this might have happened. And that's, that's the thing that confused me because, okay, Alfred's still alive in it, so yeah. it seems to be an Elseworlds. Mm -hmm. But then if it's an Elseworlds, you can do crazy stuff and, like, go in all these different directions because you're not screwing around with continuity. But then you don't do that and bring everything back to normal even though it's an Elseworlds book or, yeah. you know. I, not, only, not only that, but also you had this in two years, two years ago when um, – which are Batman sits on the Mobius. The Mobius chair. He sits on the Mobius chair, gets the the entire thing of there which Joker, there are three of them. Never mentions it in the entire in any of the issues. Never. He's caught by surprise, which if you don't know that this is an Elseworlds comic, mm -hmm. you think he's a fucking idiot. <laughs> you think he's he's absent minded of going like you knew that. You right. absolutely knew that. Like, why are you surprised? Yeah, and because in the book, he knows that. He tells Alfred, I always knew his real name. Yeah. Like, you, yeah. How do, you, what, how do you have, like, a, well, I knew that. <laughs> but then, then, here's the other thing. I'm not going to say his name, though, because his wife, from The Killing Joke, mm -hmm. is in witness protection, and I don't want to put her in danger. 
But here's the thing that they do in witness protection, and I don't know if Jeff Johns is aware of this. They change your name. name. <laughs> uh, that was. Uh, She's in Alaska or Canada? She's in Alaska. Yeah, she was in Alaska. And yeah. then drives all the way up to there to uh, look through her window and then drive all the way back. He just wanted to go on a road trip. That was uh, that was kind of weird. I was like, okay. Like, did he just, like, go, like, he couldn't have, like, sent, like, a bat copter or something or, like, a little drone? Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, if we're going to go off the rails, it should have been Dexter looking in through the window at, at the Joker's wife at the end, you know, since yeah. he's <laughs> Worst uh, ending ever. Yeah. I mean, the, the one thing that was cool is it gave some context to Red Hood. It had a lot of context for Red Hood. I think that Red Hood was like the coolest thing out of that entire thing of Red Hood getting past, not necessarily getting past his trauma, but dealing with his trauma. Yeah. You know, a comic really hasn't done that where he's actually forced to face what happened to him inside of that warehouse. And like him having to make that choice of do I kill the Joker? Or do I become a better hero or, you know, person? Right. And yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really cool, too. But the thing is that if you made this an Outworld, uh, which an Outworld comic, it doesn't matter because you <laughs> immediately erase it and go, yeah, he's never been a good person. He's still the dick that we all know him to be. So yeah. why does it matter? Well, I was going to say, isn't the Killing Joke originally an Elseworlds? Yeah. Killing Joke was supposed to be an Elseworlds story. And then they decided they... And again, lemon, <laughs> lemonade out of lemons, you know, turning Barbara Gordon into Oracle. Mm-hmm. You know, but they decided they liked that aspect of it. So they po- they brought it into the, you know, regular continuity. Right. And, so much they turned and then, into a TV show. Uh, right. And then, I don't know, Rob, if you're reading, I guess she's Oracle again now. I, I'll be honest. I'm not picking up any current DC stuff on the regular. Um, there's just nothing there that interests me at this moment. And okay. oh. I was reading JLA with Snyder and Tinian, uh, but um, even that after a while, like I don't know who Perpetua is and I don't care anymore. Yeah, it got very convoluted to, for lack of a better word, I felt. And that's, that's kind of how it gets with Snyder sometimes because I love his work, but... Yeah. He gets convoluted. Well, the thing is that he has a lot of really good stories. The only problem is that he he makes them all separate universes or separate types or different kinds of things. And then all of a sudden you're like, so none of it mattered. They went through this entire thing and the actual like one that we're supposed to be following has never happened to him. So he doesn't learn anything. He doesn't learn the lesson that he learned in this section. Yeah. I, I think what we're learning about, especially a lot of modern writers, if you give them x amount of days or x amount of issues i'm like we want you to tell your full complete story mm-hmm. they do well snyder's run on batman was amazing mm-hmm. uh, death metal i love death metal the the miniseries or right. that was the first one right death metal or no yes um yeah, yeah it was um no it was dark it was uh dark metal. Dark, yeah. yeah dark metal death metal is the one going on now i loved it that part was great when you give them open-ended stuff they just don't know how to stick the landing anymore you know right yeah no yeah it's uh yeah it's yeah it's it's just it's like giving them like too much uh, landscape and then they find her like uh four seasons total landscaping (laughs) (laughs) so uh just going off of that so i guess um the other big event is uh scott snyder's death metal which um it's like god it's like more than halfway finished it's on like issue five going on six and um Rob, just based on those comments you made on Scott Snyder, um, do you feel like death metal is getting too convoluted? Uh, well, here's the thing. Like I said, I read dark metal. I've only been following death metal through, or yeah, death metal through, you know, news sites and, and other right. uh, podcasts. So I, it's weird. I don't necessarily mind when Snyder gets convoluted in a mini series like this. Okay. Um, it's when it's, tied up in the rest of the universe and mm-hmm. all of that stuff um that it it that's when it, it gives me a pause so the death metal is definitely something i'm going to go back and read that's that's going to be a trade you know yeah pick up for me just because i i just generally like snyder's ideas i mean just going back to dark metal when 
they had the Justice League Voltron. <laughs> that and that Hal Jordan was the dick. <laughs> like that alone, yeah. I said, I'm in on this no matter where it goes. Well, you're a, you're a big Voltron fan, so that was... Uh... Oh, yeah. I mean, I was, yeah, Voltron was a thing growing up. And, and again, just making Hal Jordan the dick, that alone... Uh, sold me on anything Snyder ever wanted to do. Yeah. Uh, actually, I have to ask, did you watch the new Voltron? And did you like it? I did not watch the new one. Um, you know, uh, teaching means I binge watch only during the summer. So I have to catch up on a lot of things every summer. And it it didn't make the cut, you know. So I'm still an old school Sven and uh, all uh, all those guys. I, I And you know what? I... I... I used to watch the old school Voltron because it used to be on uh, Kids WB back mm-hmm. in the day. They used to have it at the very end. Uh, I have to admit, the new Voltron, it's not as campy, but it has a lot of feel to it. It's really, it's really nice. And I think that's that's what you've seen in you know modern cartoons. You know, taking the, you know, they've they've done the same thing that you know all storytelling has done. You know, you take these campy things and then you you build the characters more and you build the the emotional stakes and the the heart of the story more yeah. you know it's not just meant for oh hey uh if you're in front of the tv today and you didn't see the previous five episodes of ultron don't worry about it yeah. um and so that's why t- modern cartoons tend to be better because the storytelling that they use is just a better tactic and technique yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, in this one, because I have to admit, I was watching it while I was falling asleep on accident. I missed like three episodes. I had to go back. I was so confused. I was, <laughs> I did not know what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but just back to uh, Death Metal, I mean, it's something to read this year. At least it has that. But um, generally, I feel okay about it. I just kind of feel sometimes like he gets like, he has like good ideas, but then it gets like really like, I want to, um, it's just like some of the stuff he tries almost to be like Grant Morrison. Oh, definitely. Yeah, Dude, I mean Snyder is you, is definitely Grant Morrison influenced. It's on his sleeve. Um, it used to be that every Snyder he's gotten a little away from this, but every Snyder story is a mixture of uh, Grant Morrison and daddy issues. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Go back to that Batman run. Go back to the Batman run and some of the other things he was doing at the time, and notice how many story arcs started with "My father once told me." Yeah. 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 Um, the, the only thing is that I feel like with Grant Morrison, he Zack Snyder. Uh, Zach is a lot better at Scott Snyder. Indian. Scott Snyder. Yeah, Scott. Why did I say Zach? Sorry. They're not related. A lot of, a lot of, there's a lot of no in the DC. <laughs> But Scott Snyder, uh, I believe he his writing is a lot better in a compendium. When you actually get to, you can read beginning to end. I, I don't like it issue to issue. Okay, um, yeah, I see that. Well, because there's a lot of times that you get to the end of the issue, not a lot was resolved. It kind of feels like filler, where it's like we're trying to tell the story. It, this is all going to make sense, and it's all going to be worth it at the end. But this issue is, we're just going to story tell. We're just going to try and get you a moving along. Whereas when you actually read it in a full compendium or a full book, then it makes a lot more sense. It, it doesn't feel like it's wasting your time as much as I had to wait a week to read like 10 pages that kind of didn't do anything. You know? Yeah. No, for sure. Um, yeah, it's, I think some, some writers are just better in trades for sure. Um, but yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, let's see how the story goes. Let's see how it finishes. But uh, just moving along here, uh, kind of a controversial debut came out this month, which was Tom King re- uh, did a Rorschach ongoing series. And I guess, you know, it's in the Watchmen continuity, but um, some people were a little, little like taken aback by that because this, you know, I think Rorschach works for the Watchmen story, you know, and some people have different opinions on, you know, just expanding Watchmen and doing all the spinoffs, which we've seen in the last 10 years. But uh, I've seen the main reason is, uh, you know, look, you know, we may have not caught up, we may have not noticed that, you know, when the first time we run, we uh, read, excuse me, we read uh, Watchmen, but Rorschach has pretty terrible politics, if, uh, uh, to be blunt. So, uh, yeah, for, for better or worse, I feel like Rorschach, 
you know, he'd be kind of, he, if uh, it was on now, he'd be like uh, reading Breitbart or something really terrible. Oh, he's Alex Jones. Yeah, he's essentially Alex Jones. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, I know, he pretty much is. Really reactionary, right-leaning. Yeah, yeah. He's he's also really afraid of things he doesn't understand. Uh, he he is doesn't want to learn anything new. Uh, what's in front of him is the truth. Uh, he, you know, for being somebody who's supposed to be a detective, yeah, he he's not a great one. <laughs> <laughs> not really. Yeah. I mean, if you go into if you go into the background of the character, we all know like Watchmen is a take on the Charlton comics. So mm-hmm. he's the the analog of the question. Question created by Steve Ditko. Steve Ditko is an Ayn Rand object, uh, objectivist. Yeah. That's it, it, and this was supposed to be Alan Moore making fun of that. Yeah. The problem is, like, the people who read Watchmen, half of, the, half of them took the wrong lesson from Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because Roshark had the coolest costume, he was the hero. And isn't it great how he has you know he doesn't let his morals bend and he sticks to this and that's where you get punisher mm-hmm. right who's now the the cops are running around you know with the yeah. punisher logos on right. even um, though yeah, like you know no the creator has come out and said uh, the creator of the punisher is like you're taking away the wrong lessons like the punisher's like if you have that on your car your decal it's like showing how you're ineffective <laughs> Yeah, and and the other part of it was let's remember Punisher was introduced as a bad guy, Mm -hmm. you know, and then we gave him his own book, and then he became the anti-hero, and Mm -hmm. like that's again the learning the wrong lessons from Watchmen, Mm -hmm. right? He's Rorschach's not the hero. No, if any, if anything, it's supposed to be Night Owl. If anything, Night Owl Mm -hmm. is supposed to be kind of the the hero of going. We should follow the law. We said that we were going to stand down. We said that we were going to, you know, be, no longer be heroes. And it's kind of supposed to be Night Owl who's like doing the right thing. Or if anything, you can even make the argument of Ozymandias of like he's doing what's best for the greater good. Mm-hmm. So and 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 I think the also point was there wasn't necessarily supposed to be a hero. A right. it was you know, moral it's ambiguity. Yeah, ambiguity the, and everybody's flawed. And I would agree with you. I think Night Owl is the least flawed. Um, of the characters but this whole idea that you know Rorschach is the hero is what way too many people who then started writing comics in the 90s and the early 2000s that was their lesson yeah you know yeah they they end up with Punisher knockoffs and Wolverine knockoffs and Rorschach (laughs) knockoffs and all all the rubble I felt yeah (laughs) absolutely you know, yeah. For a while there, Batman was also kind of reading a little Rorschachy. Well, that, like, that's that's Dark Knight Returns, right? That's, yeah. Uh, like, but the lesson of Dark Knight Returns again is uh, Batman's the bad guy in this. Mm-hmm. But oh, it's so cool! Let's make Batman more like that guy. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't the that wasn't the goal. Yeah. <laughs> that's not the you know, goal. Uh, you know, and then too, like uh, I was gonna say, you know, even in Dark Knight Returns, like uh, Batman still doesn't kill anyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's ambiguous for what yeah. it is. I mean, he brutally wounds people, but I don't know yeah. if that's worse or better. Like, <laughs> yeah. Could be debatable. Yeah, yeah, like, so he still like sticks to more or less the code. He crippled that guy, Gene. He crippled him. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I don't like, because uh, Rob, you said you like the Watchmen TV show, which is kind of the, it's a little the precursor to all this uh, spinoffs we're seeing right now. There have been other spinoffs, but Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just it also feels like um, some of the comments Tom King made because I, I like him as a writer, but it feels like revisionism where he's kind of stepping back and saying like, oh well, in this version of the story, we're not making him as like, I guess reactionary or not as uh, some of the moral, excuse me, moral ambigu- ambiguity of the character. They're kind of trying to revise a bit of his questionable politics, which, I mean, even if I don't like the character's politics that's still kind of the heart of the character that's how he's written i think i mean two things on that um i think like when we we talk about all the spin-offs and things that have come out of watchmen only the tv show got it right yeah um and they got it right because it wasn't a direct prequel or a direct sequel it did exactly 
what the comic did. Moore took the politics of the 80s and what's on everybody's mind, Cold War, nuclear war, and then centered it around that. And the creators of the show said, okay, now it's you know, 2019, 2018, whenever they did the show, uh, what's the big issue now? Racial justice and things mm -hmm. of that. And then they centered it around that. Yeah. And, and mm -hmm. fit the character and then did what Moore would have done. Like, again, when Moore went back, he said, okay, if Dr. Manhattan showed up and we win Vietnam, what would the world look like now? What would have happened in those next, you know, two decades? Yeah. Just as what these creators did. Okay, if Ozymandias' plan happened, what would happen in the next two decades? Right. And it was successful because it took the spirit of Watchmen, what Watchmen was about, creating this realistic portrait of what would have happened if we had a, a meta-human to win the war, mm -hmm. and what would the 80s look like? And this did the same. What would we now look like if all this happened? Yeah. Uh, and then, so with Tom King, I don't know if there's another writer out there where I'm more Easter family. Um, <laughs> Mr. Miracle is like a modern classic, one mm -hmm. of the top five comics I've ever read. It's amazing. Heroes in Crisis, uh, <laughs> poster fire, yeah, um, that is just awful on every level. And the same guy did both, and I don't know exactly how to feel about that. Yeah, it's it's kind of hit or miss sometimes. To be, oh yeah, to be blunt, but you know you can write good things, and you know I mean it's only the first issue for War Shark, but it's just some of the <clears throat> some of the the comments and the ten of the uh themes he was going with i just i just i'm not behind so and i think it's it might be a credit maybe tom king you know he tries to tell big stories and maybe that's you know why he either goes you know either it's a home run or he strikes out right like yeah because he's not trying to just do a filler book he he wants to say something with every everything he does yeah so. no definitely and uh yeah i mean hey we'll uh keep talking about it as the podcast goes on but well, uh, you know, to, well, uh, mm -hmm. to be totally honest, I kind of actually would have wanted to see where exactly it goes if you did have other people who brought the Rorschach mantle back, you know, make it a different time period. If you're really right. going to make a Rorschach, uh, like comic, give it, give, you could have somebody pull up that moniker from the eighties. Right. You know, he, he's a, he's a hero that went missing. No one knows what really happened to him. Yeah. Uh, unless like, the people who were in Adle uh, which uh, Antarctica talked, which they probably didn't, yeah. and you know, put him in modern day and kind of like see what situations he gets into. If you kind of keep to that moral, in, uh, which uh, that moral kind of compass that he has, you know, especially if you're just going off of his journal, seeing as the, they did print his journal inside of the uh, in the newspaper, why don't you do it that way? Yeah. Um, make there, it so that there, way you're following somebody who thinks they know who Rorschach is. Yeah, and there was a Rorschach too in uh, Doomsday Clock too, as well. Yeah, and I and I liked th I liked that idea. And honestly, when I heard this the first time, when I heard that he was going to be coming out with it, I thought it was going to be about him. Same. I I honestly did think like, oh, they're going to give him more backstory. Like he was a he was a pretty interesting character. I would like to know more. But yeah, no. um, but yeah, let's uh, I guess let's keep reading or or not maybe. Don't read it. Yeah, um, tell me how it is, guys. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> any, uh, any comics you were reading, Rob, that you want to recommend really quick? Oh, uh, yeah. The two, uh, the two main ones, um, the one that's probably everybody should be reading or is reading or are re reading, so I won't talk much about it, but um, Ten of Swords or X of Swords, depending on how you read it. Um, everything Hickman's uh, touched so far with the X-Men has been amazing. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, the stories that are coming out of it are so, I, I want to be in the room when they started plotting things. Yeah. Because X of Swords, or again, it's Ten of Swords, um, literally seems like all the writers were in a room and somebody goes, I like Mortal Kombat. <laughs> somebody else goes, I like swords. And Hickman goes, let's do Mortal Kombat with swords. <laughs> and then... 
in the latest one, as the, the individual fights are starting, you start to realize, oh, not all of these are about swords. Like, it's not just a big sword fight between everybody. There's, there's an arm wrestling contest as one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a drinking contest as one of them. So it's like uh, a, it's a mudbeam contest of champions? Yeah, but it's, it's so good. And yeah. it's so brought together. It doesn't, it doesn't read like it's being written by all these different uh, writers okay. and the different titles. Yeah. It feels um, completely linked. Because I, I, I really enjoy Hickman as a writer. Um, you know, his Fantastic Four is great. His uh, Avengers is one of my favorite oh, runs going up to Secret Wars. But I'm so behind on X-Men, I have, like, no idea how he's doing that. That's uh, one of the wars of Marvel I'm really behind on. Yeah, it's 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 maybe okay. the best thing I'm, re- I'm reading. Um, okay. Now. That's, yeah. that's from the big two. Okay. And again, I'm not reading it, but I did hear one thing, if you want to confirm oh. it for me. And you know, you know, it's a uh, you know. Um, I read that. Uh, so is the thing with Cyclops, uh, Jean Grey, and Wolverine and Emma Frost? Is that like? Uh, take Emma out. Emma's not a part of that. Okay, so it's, uh, they're definitely a throuple. Okay, because you know, I'm not judging or anything. Uh, no. no, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, because one of the one of the things they decide they're coming up with the laws of Krakoa because they're like, well, we're not humans. We need yeah. laws for mutants. And one is, do not harm the island. Okay, Two is, thou shall not kill any human. Okay. And three is, make more mutants. Okay. And it's heavily suggested that at the founding party, there's basically an ex-orgy, and I'm sure there's some, <laughs> some good fanfic out there about that. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's never straight out said, but it is it's not even subtext it's just not said but it's drawn in there yeah it's implied they're, a a they're 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 uh, in an open relationship um there's a scene that the drinking contest from ten of swords is between storm and wolverine oh okay and they're getting drunk and a little flirty mm-hmm. and uh storm goes i'm gonna tell gene mm-hmm. so yeah, that's definitely a big part of it, and it's uh, it's fun. It's so fun. Yeah, because you know, uh, you know, if some if some people are into that, you know, that's their thing. But yeah, yeah I was just I was really curious because uh, that was like one of the you know things that came out of the run. That's yeah. pretty and cool, though. Yeah, there's why a, not? and I would highly recommend as a as a government teacher. There's an uh, an issue. I think it's X Men Four, the regular main series, where uh, Professor X. Uh, Magneto and I can't remember who else might have been Apocalypse they go to like a UN meeting mm-hmm. and it's the best discussion of global power politics, politics I've ever seen wow. in a comic it's so bad it's so good though it's so good because they're basically saying you're going to recognize us as a nation why because we have the strongest army in the world now Yeah, we have all the mutants but here, we're giving you these wonder drugs mm. free of charge. So if you recognize us. Oh, man. You know, in the Marvel Universe, maybe that's how Trump recovered from COVID. <laughs> <laughs> that's absolutely. Well, to be fair, Marvel Universe is pretty optimistic now, so he probably didn't recover. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I was going to say, it's been, it's, a, it's been implied he's the president, right, in the comics, right? In a... When, I like, think since... Killing. Secret Empire, they've sort of gotten away from trying an accurate portrayal of the government. Okay. Um, I think they realized, let's not try to do a analog of actual politics anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah, which is actually kind of a shame though, because I actually really do enjoy when those when comic books actually do do kind of like a parody of the government. They- can I give can I plug one more comic because I said I know you want to Oh yeah, up. absolutely. I yeah. gotta do one. Uh Die from Image by Kieran Gillen, uh, Stephanie Hans, on art. If you ever played role-playing games, or even if you didn't, uh-huh. uh, Die is amazing. Kieran Gillen is my favorite writer. Bar none. Wicked Divine is top five, dead or alive, best series I've ever read. Um, Die, basically, do you guys, do you ever see or hear of the old Dungeons and Dragons TV show? 
the cartoon. Yes. Yeah. It yeah. Is like Dai, Dai is based. <laughs> Dai is based very similarly on that. It's these uh, group of kids who, when they were in their teenage years, got pulled into another world. Okay. Okay. Vanished for two years, came back. There were six of them that went in. Only five came back. Oh, that's. They never cool. talked about it, and then twenty years later, they get sucked back into the world. That's interesting. Cool. It's kind and of, yeah, it's, well, that mm -hmm. I was gonna say that's like that's cool because then it's like anti nostalgia. You know, we've seen so many like eighties comics. Uh, you know, everything like fetishizing the eighties, which you know eighties were cool, but it's also like uh, you know it's cool to see like uh, you know maybe people that like the Dungeons Dragons and how they relate to it now, right? And, and the great thing about it is it's it, what, what becomes apparent, and I won't go too into detail of it, is mm -hmm. in order for them to leave the world, they have to come to grips with like their life in the real world. Because you got a couple who want to stay and the, the deal is everybody has to want to leave for them to be able to leave. Uh... And then just because Karen Gillan can never do anything just straightforward, he mm -hmm. created a role-playing game based on the comic oh. role-playing game that they play in it. And the, the general thing behind the role-playing game is you create two characters. You create the character that's playing the role-playing game. And the character that's out. And then the character that that character is playing. So you set up a conflict in that person's oh. life and you go in and you've got to solve it within whatever world they've created there. That is amazing. Yeah. Is so die. Art is great too. Stephanie Hans is a, uh, she mostly did like fantasy uh, illustration and stuff. And yeah, he's perfect on this book. Okay. Yeah, like, I'll, like I'll I just, look at for it. I, I literally just got into DMing for D Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Anybody who yeah. wants to go do it, do he's it. He's a good Jump DM, in. I've heard. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, there's also a lot of anime that actually deals with jumping into a alternate universe or going into a fantasy land and you're forced to kind of deal with your insecurities that were in the real world that mm -hmm. aren't there in the real that aren't there uh, uh, I don't know if either of you have watched uh, or read Sword Art Online they kind of do the same no. thing no, so in, in Sword Art Online it's basically um, it's a VR game that everybody gets trapped in and basically instead of you being able to log out or you dying in the game and like you get to restart if you die in the game you die in real life and the only way to actually escape is if you beat the game. And that's basically what the anime is about. And it's super good because it's a lot of people who, you know, join the game just to have fun. And now it's a life or death situation. And they're being forced with, is it okay to kill? Is it okay to protect people and kill? Is it okay to, you know, if I have to sacrifice people, is that okay? Is one life worth thousands of other lives? It's a, it's a it's a great anime. Uh, there's a couple other that are like it as well. So, yeah. Just to go back to to one concept from Die, just to sell you on this, he okay. created he created his own classes, and okay. so the knight sort of class, it's uh, tied to emotion. So, the 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 main character, one of the main characters, is a grief knight. So <laughs> when he feels sad, his powers increase. <laughs> but there's hilarious. but there's anger nights there's joy nights that's so you get tied to an emotion yeah and so he literally has to like <laughs> there'll be a scene where they're just all like reminding him hey remember when your father died like <laughs> trying to like <laughs> get him sad to uh you know uh, increase his power so that's, it's just uh, it's so well done and caring Pick up anything Karen Gillan ever does. He's going to be doing the Eternals for Marvel. So. Oh, yeah, that's right. right. I, I'm actually looking forward to that. I, I do like the idea that he turned the Knights into basically the Green Lantern Corps. Except uh, he used actual <laughs> emotions because <laughs> his power is not an emotion. Yeah, he, he used actual emotions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is um, very true. Very, very true. But yeah, no, we'll, <laughs> I'll uh, definitely be on the lookout for that when I have uh, some extra money to just buy a trade. I'll definitely yeah. check it out. How many, issue, how many issues is it? I think they're about 15 in, so two trades are already out, I think. Oh, that's not bad. Cool, cool. Yeah. That's not bad at all. We'll check and it he out. said he's only going about 20, 21 issues. Oh, so it's, yeah. it's not going to be a super long-range one. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, Saves your also, wallet some money. Also, those kind of stories, it, they're, they're not great if they go too far. 
They have to have like a nice central story. It has a beginning. It has an end. We're done. You know, yeah. maybe we have like different types later on. Like we'll do like maybe like offshoots. Maybe not the same characters. Just change it up. But this is definitely a story that you need to have kind of like a tight run. Yeah. Yeah. And mostly, most of his creator owned stuff is tight runs. Wicked Divine, 45, 46 issues. I can't remember off the top. Oh. Um, and again, to me, is one of the most brilliant comics ever written. So yeah, I, oh, I would okay. go Wicked and Divine when you get a chance on that one. Oh, okay. well, I'm going to look it up right now. <laughs> there you go, there you go. Um, but, but just uh, going to our next sort of topic. Uh, so it's been, uh, God, like since March no new releases in theaters um sort of comic book fans we all have all these comic book movies but unfortunately i doubt that any film is going to come out this year that's has a budget of a comic book film which is you know a couple hundred million um but there were some sources that came out that said that uh warner brothers were kicking around the idea of like releasing wonder woman 1984 on hbo max on christmas day uh, it's a little similar to what they're doing with uh, Soul for Disney Plus. If anyone was going to see that, um, but uh, you know, as comic book fans, does that like excite you? Just seeing it, um, seeing like a new comic book film, um, even if it's not in a theater. How do you guys feel about that? Let's let's talk about this. You know what? Honestly, if the DC, if these Mar- if these Marvel movies or especially these comic book movies aren't coming out. And um, the, the studios need to get their money back for one, but mm. the movie theaters aren't going to get the money that they were going to get for these, you know, box office breakers. Honestly, if they do come to, you know, DC, I mean, um, what was it, DC, Disney Plus or, you know, HBO Go, uh, HBO Max, the problem is you might start seeing that if it does really well, you could start seeing, you know, theaters starting to evaporate. Yeah, you kind of start going. We don't need a movie theater anymore. You know, movie theaters are kind of uh, you know it's a third party that we don't need to go to. We can actually just send it directly into people's houses, and cut the middleman. Yeah, that would be a real shame because I love the movie theater. I love the vibe. Some movies you yeah. need to see in a theater. Yeah, I would like agree. Just like the big screen, the booming sound, you sitting in a seat, friends and popcorn. Nothing changes. It. And I'm going to kind of go maybe another way, because that's one way of doing it. But the other thing that this might do is remind people of how much they liked going to the movies. Yeah. You know, because I'll admit it, you know, I'm older guy. I've got a family. When, for example, when Disney did the Mulan thing and they said, we're going to pay 30 bucks, you know, for Mulan. And I heard, uh, you know, all my younger single friends are like, <laughs> 30 bucks, that's crazy. And I'm like, uh, if I go, it's a family of three and popcorn and all easy this and easy $100. yeah it's, it's so much cheaper so i'm like bring it on you know we can pop our own popcorn in the microwave and we're good pop yeah. your own um, popcorn you can have your own meal you oh yeah meal. <laughs> oh, absolutely so like but you know there is something to be said about because you know as movies got moved to streaming and video on demand and, and all those things quicker um, more and more people would go, well, I could wait for that on Netflix or I could wait for that on Amazon or whatever. Absolutely. And maybe now this is reminding people of missing that communal experience. Um, I, I'll be honest. I went to see movies only because, not because of the experience, but because I know I can't avoid spoilers <laughs> for certain movies. The only right. two movies in the past you know, two years that I've like, I need to see her in the theater were like in game. Mm-hmm. And for me, just because I knew so many people like involved was crazy rich Asians. Okay. Like those were the only two, like I need to go watch this in the theater. I watched others in the theater. Right. But I wasn't, it wasn't like that. I can't wait to go get into my seat and watch this. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, I'm I'm taking the the virus very seriously, and I'm not rushing to go back to a theater, but I am missing the experience more now than I thought I would. Yeah, I mean, it's like one of those things where it's like you don't miss it till it's gone. I mean, yep, absolutely. You know, and I uh, I saw Tenet like at a drive-in because you know I'm not going back to a movie theater right now with how fast the virus is climbing, climbing through uh, just this country. 
but yeah i just um you know i'd like to go to a movie theater but you know it's just not safe and it's um you know i i i would i would think like there could be a possibility of like say like black widow or um wonder woman coming to these certain services but it would be like if you know if they if if an account like said okay it could bring in like so many new subscribers that it would justify the price tag that they uh put these movies they budgeted them under where they could get some sort of return on investment yeah and you know i'm I'm ignorant to the business side um i would definitely watch black widow if it came on a service i you know i wouldn't be like no i need to see this in theater and probably because they're they're early in whatever the second big storyline marvel's gonna tell you know Mm -hmm. if this was in game i'd be like no you hold on. We're so fortunate that, you know, Endgame came out last year. Could you imagine waiting for that? Uh-huh. Oh, man. Yeah, and the title seems to be fitting now. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, we would have been uh, having riots instead of uh, the election. We wouldn't have been having <laughs> wow. <those> rights. <laughs> but I, I tell you, I, I'll tell you this now, like, you know, um, I, I could use that because you know, as you're, you're sitting at home and you come to grips with it, but then after a couple of weeks, you just, oh God, there's got to be something. And, you know, Hamilton saved me early this summer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Hamilton, like, oh God, okay. I got to make it a Hamilton. And then Hamilton came out. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm good for a little while now. So like yeah. Black Widow could probably save me another couple of months there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or Wonder Woman. Right. The thing is that I was telling my I was telling my parents and my and my brother and his boyfriend and everything like that because we were watching Hamilton. I'd seen Hamilton live next year in the Pantages, and even when we were watching it live, I mean when we were watching it on TV, I go, you know what? It's good, but it's better. It's better when you're there. It's better. Like it it, it is a better experience. Oh yeah, it's totally better when you're in the room when it happens. But um, (laughs) but I will say this. I will say this. It was different. I, and yes, being there is better, but there were things I noticed because of the way they filmed it, Shot it. Yeah. that I didn't notice watching it live because you have that big view and you don't have the close-ups. And so it was it? really interesting because the way they shot it. Yeah, did you notice, was it like the, the drool or like the something that was coming the off? Spit. The spit. Yeah, the spit. Did you notice yeah. that in the theater? Uh, no, didn't notice in the theater. <laughs> well, and also, uh, because it's post-COVID, I was like, that's so wrong. <laughs> give you uh give you nightmares. wear a mask king george yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i just thought it was funny though because people got really into that and they started kind of complaining about it he was like he was a mad dog that's the whole yeah, yeah that's part of the performance yeah it's sure. the part yeah. of the performance uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah no i mean like some things for sure you have to experience in a certain way i mean you know maybe people could have enjoyed tenet more if they saw it like uh if we got to see it like in a crowd you know if like it came out a year before maybe it wasn't as wouldn't it have been so confusing, which I found, if anyone's seen it. I mean, you, you did see Inception, right? You really think yeah. it'll be less confusing? Or... <laughs> uh, I, was, I wasn't <laughs> like, like what? uh, it. But, you would just have somebody to turn to and go, hey, what the fuck was that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That yeah. would have, you know, part of the experience. You didn't, yeah. br- you didn't bring pictures and drawstrings so that way you can connect shit. You could just kind of mm-hmm. go like, okay, that happened then, that yeah. happens there. No, here's what you do. Here's what we do now because, you know, certain theaters, you can rent the theater for a small yeah. group. $100. Yeah, $100. We do that, We do that, but we bring the board with us. Into the <laughs> That's the way no one intended it to be seen. So I, have, I have a question. If you're renting out the theater, can you also yell at the projectionist to pause? Oh, uh, <laughs> can you be like, hey, pause it? Okay, so does anybody else have a question? Yeah. But, you know, this is uh, just going back to the previous topic. You know, this is a uh, first year without like a Marvel movie. Uh, you know, we got like Harley Quinn, which, you know, I enjoyed. But yeah, it's the f- kind of the first year without Marvel since like 2009. So, I mean, based on the movies this year, I'd put Harley Quinn as the favorite for best picture. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, I-, I love that. that <laughs> one of the better comic book movies I've seen. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, I think for, for like Black Widow, like Black Widow, I could probably go without, but it would be nice, yeah. you know, and I guess with Wonder Woman too, I mean, really want to see it, but could I go a year without it? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I, I think I could go a year without it. I'm just, I'm, I'm the weird guy who like Hawkeye and Black Widow are like my favorite Avengers, yeah. no, you they're, know, they're so, characters. 
yeah and so like i wanted this black widow movie like from the start so you know i'll watch it when it comes out whatever form you know flip book i'll go ahead and (laughs) just uh, (laughs) yeah i know for sure but yeah we'll uh we'll see it somehow you know this uh you know, we have like uh, Biden in office, so hopefully, you know, the virus comes down. <laughs> could go to oh, a movie. Yeah. Uh, I've, been want, hearing, I, I've been hearing a lot now. Biden's president. Yeah. Build yeah. I heard it seven. I heard he won seven times last week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, you know, so, someone hasn't conceded yet, but. Hey, he's pretty conceded. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll hopefully get the movie back soon. Um, but. Last topic here, uh, Snyder Cut. It's kind of uh, divisive for some people. You know, some are really enthusiastic. But uh, as we're inching closer, I guess, when it comes out next year, we're seeing more and more come out. We saw uh, Martian Manhunter kind of leak out with uh, Scott, uh, excuse me, Zack Snyder showing us how he looks like in a photo. I could cut to that. And also Jared Leto's Joker coming back for some reason, even though no one wanted that. Um, it seems like this is like, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to think of uh, if anyone's familiar with uh, the Orson Welles movie, The Other Side of the Wind that came a out. A completely Netflix. different movie is what it is. Like, yeah, it's like, I was saying like how this is like almost this uh, Orson Welles, uh, like un- this uh, unreleased movie that's like getting mythical yeah. day, like more info comes out. Um well, but yeah, what, what has everyone thought of like just everything that's come out of like the news outlets right now? See, the thing is that he he uh, he gets the power of foresight. Yeah. Because he can kind of see how some things played in the theater, see that it didn't work, right. or it, people didn't understand it, or it didn't kind of connect the way that he wanted it, and he now gets to go back and fix the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, cut things that he that was like, okay, that didn't work. This works, so it's it's gonna be a completely different movie. This is gonna be a Justice League movie, and from what it sounds like, he has plans for a sequel. Yeah. Like they're like he's talking about it like he's getting two movies, <laughs> and it's like, nah, dude, you're just doing one. He's like, no, I'm I'm yeah. talking about it like it's two. I'm talking about it like it's two. <laughs> so I I absolutely agree with that. Now here's my my view. What is it about Zack Snyder's career that leads us to believe he could fix the movie? <laughs> think See, that was it. that. You know what the sad part is? Is I said the same thing when okay. they first said that he was going to try and like fix the movie. Because you're you're all on board, Nick. I'm on board. Yeah. I mean, hey man, BVS was bad. No. <laughs> <laughs> A movie? I, yeah, you're in the movie. I, I'm in. I'm in BVS. It's in the background. Yeah, yeah I'm in the background of, of, of And uh, you were the best part of that movie. Hell yeah, that's the main reason I watched so, it. So, so uh, <laughs> just to put that out there, if you guys go to the uh, extended cut, if you watch the scene, it's in the where the guards we're, are watching. Uh, we're background of a background. Scene. Yeah. You could maybe see Nick in what's what's the scene, Nick? Where the guard the uh, the guards are watching Gotham football, beginning of the movie. Yeah, in the very beginning of the movie, and it's the Gotham riots versus the um, Metropolis Knights. Knights, and they get into a giant fight, and then like everybody starts storming the 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 football field. Yeah, and yeah, that was what they filmed it at Elac. Mm Okay. Yeah, they filmed, they filmed it at Elac, and it was really funny because they were like, "We don't have enough people to film this scene, so everybody needs to squeeze together in one section of the rafters to make it look like it's a lot of people." Yep. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was cool. Um, I mean, it's in the background of a background scene, but the main thing is that yeah, but the main thing that I I'm just hoping that. You know, maybe it's as good as 300. 300 was pretty cool. Like, it was a cool movie. It was good to watch. It's not loyal to the comic all that much, but, I mean, it's cool to watch. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. Can I, can I just have hope? I can have hope. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, no, you still have hope. <laughs> because here's my thing. Like, it's I, I view this as a fight between two people I don't care about. <laughs> like whether the original or the Snyder cut is better. Right. I don't, I don't think either of them are going to be good. 
Yeah. But it's fun to watch them bash each other <laughs> over it because, See, yeah, I just. It's going to be great when this one comes out. It's still bad. And then people go, well, it's still better than the last one. <laughs> this is the real cut of the movie. But yeah, and it's that's like not they're, they're both much. bad movies. They're right. both bad movies. Yeah. <laughs> and, and to be honest, I, I think that might have been, not me, I, I have optimism about our future, but I think that's how a lot of people voted as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Hey, he won. Okay. Yeah, I <laughs> know. Yeah, I don't. This point. <laughs> you got it. It's fine. But yeah, I just, I, how they have just mishandled the DC universe in general in film, with the exception of uh, Wonder Woman and, and the Harley Quinn movie. Right. Um, amazes me. Yeah. So to, to clarify, Rob, because uh, I know you have uh, some thoughts and opinions, but are you, you're kind of, uh, you're not the biggest fan of uh, the DCEU, would you say? No, um, no. no. Wonder Woman and Harley Quinn were the only movies that I went through and said, hey, those are good movies. Like the best praise for Aquaman was that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah. Um, Even Aquaman, you're kind of whatever about because we we really like that one it was okay i mean look it was it was black panther under the water okay um, what about, was, uh, <laughs> oh, i was gonna say shazam oh okay you know what i don't know why i don't count that one but yeah no yeah. shazam was i thought shazam was enjoyable yeah i don't know why i don't fit that in maybe because there was no crossover aspect to yeah. you know the others superman's uh, in it Superman you see the it? top of Superman's. Yeah, body. you see, because yeah. Henry Cavill couldn't come, so it's 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 a. <laughs> but that's like saying, well, the X Men were in Deadpool, you know? Yeah, yeah they kind of are, but they kind of are, right? <laughs> yeah. But I I I do think that I know that Zack Snyder had his own idea and everything like that, but he he goes too far in in one direction and he doesn't find like a nice happy middle. Like I think that was the problem with his Watchmen movie is he went too close to the book. He didn't, you know, it, it, it was, it, for one, it was long. Uh, but the problem is that a lot of things didn't transfer over to, you know, film. Right. Like, it, it very much was made for it to be read. And a lot of things just didn't transfer. Where you were just like, that makes no sense. Yeah. Uh, you need to change that. Like, there was a lot of things that you could have changed. Um, and the one thing out- he did change, the ending, if you, again, coming from the government nerd, um, the whole world would have teamed up to destroy the United States at the end of that movie. Yeah, right. that's what yeah. would have happened. Yeah, yeah they bu- U.S. built a nuke. The U.S. Yes. built a nuke and then the released nuke. it on the world. Yeah. Yes. And, and, so, and, even the one thing he did change, I'm like, oh my god. Because I, I remember <laughs> around that time, because I, I don't know, I have a pretty good memory. People were like, oh, it's so much better than that squid ending in the comic. Like everyone hated on the squid, and you know, if you watch the TV show, they bring back the squid and. I, I, even though, you know, it is ripping off the outer limits, which has been, you know, that's, they don't know, that's public information, but it, it works. Like the squid ending, it, it's fine. Mm. Like, you know, it's very comic booky. There's nothing wrong with it. Well, no. Not only that, but also the idea of the no squid, squid is podcast. that it was, it was blameless. It wasn't yeah. anybody's fault. Like yep. nobody in the world could then go, well, it was that guy's fault. It was supposed to be this idea of we're being attacked from other it was things. Independence Day. It was the yeah. end of Independence Day, right? It was, yeah. indepe- it was Independence Day if they, f- if as they came into Earth's atmosphere, they crashed the ship and all died. Yeah. <laughs> but the idea about the world coming together yeah. against a greater foe, which now we know uh, isn't true because of uh, how the U.S. is dealing with coronavirus. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we know that, oh, that was a hope we once had. Yeah, Um, Uh, but yeah, it's just the ending in the comic works. It does. It works in the comic, and it would have worked in the film, I think. Yeah, not only that, but also I feel that there's a lot of things that he takes out, even in uh, the director's cut. Like he takes out the death of um, the original Night Owl. I know he takes that out, which also doesn't make sense later on why Night Owl is freaking out inside of the bar because right. he mm-hmm. finds out that he dies. Yeah. And then you're kind of going like, why is he freaking out? So there's a lot of I, things I, that I, I was, true, yeah, but I was he gonna, didn't 
transferred over. Yeah, I was going to say, even all the stuff with like Malcolm Ong, I don't think that was ever filmed where you see his home life and how mm-hmm. Rorschach's like destroying his uh, personal life just being around this like psychopath. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's things it's like really, that. Yeah, it's really weird. And then, like, in 300, he just kind of went bananas and kind of did his own thing. You know, he took a couple of things and then kind of did his own thing, and people kind of like that. Right. But the problem is that he doesn't know how to find like a nice, happy middle. Yeah. Where it's yeah. like, I'm taking some stuff from the comics, I'm making some of this stuff. Because honestly, all he needed to do was go to Justice League comics and then just fucking look at it and go, how did the Justice League come together? Okay, it's not always Dark Side. Mm-hmm. It's not always Dark Side. Uh, <laughs> think, you know, I think what's uh, funny too is also like, one thing the Marvel movies proved is you didn't need to read the comic books to go watch the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And what the DC movies so far have proved is you don't have to read the comic books to write the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not always a portal in the sky. It's, yeah. all, it's not always the, the an interdimensional being that's supposed to be there. It's not supposed to be this overpowered cosmic being that can destroy the universe in a blink of an eye. Mm-hmm. Think smaller. Yeah, <laughs> I just think too. I, you know, going back to what Nick said, the thing that gives Nick hope. You said, you know, Zack Snyder has an idea, and just from a different perspective, that's the thing that scares the hell out of me. Yeah, Zack Snyder has an idea. <laughs> you know, it's just showing how you could view the same thing differently. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I you know, because I I'm kind of objective. I've said my qualms about it, but. I mean, I'll probably go see it, you know. Uh, I'm just going to go with an open mind. If it's bad, it's bad. If it's good, it's good. Oh, yeah. There's, nothing, there's yeah. nothing to watch this year, so why yeah. not? I'm go- and I'm absolutely. Watch a blank. Yeah. I, I, I have never said, you know, a movie shouldn't be made or you shouldn't. Oh, God, how could you go see that movie, right? <laughs> like, yeah. you know, I, I'm not – I'm just sitting here going, like, yeah, no, not not gonna watch it probably. <laughs> yeah. And you know, Gene and I were talking earlier about Watchmen. When the TV show came out, I was oh. dead set against it. I I truly believe nothing should be made. Watchmen was its own story, and it did take about twelve people who I respected telling me, "No, you have to watch it." Mm-hmm. So if I get those same twelve telling me to watch the Snyder Cut, you know, I'll probably wait for five more to tell me, but I'll do it. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, I know that I waited until it was maybe like halfway done to jump on board. Like, yeah. I know it had come out. I was kind of like, it's not going to be that great. I kind of had the same like thing where people were going, no, 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 it's really good. Check it out. And then checking it out going, oh, this is amazing. And, yeah. and, and to be fair, it had me with the first, it had me with the opening scene. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, I, that's I didn't need long to, to like, jump in on it and be like oh i wasn't like well let's be sure let's be no 15 minutes and i walked out i was watching it in my room and i walked out to my wife and i said at some point you're watching this but and then i bought up i brought out my uh, copy of watchman i said read this first and then i went back in (laughs) yeah that was that was the one thing though is that i did like especially the watchman series was that you didn't necessarily need to read watchman no what's going on they explained it enough yeah to yeah. kind of go cool this is what this is this is who this is but it, you added a little extra thing to it if you did read the comics right. Right? absolutely oh that's that yeah. this is this oh that's cool okay yeah and cool. you know just all the sort of like lore and if you know the lore you get some of like um you know like all the little not in jokes but all the little easter eggs you really appreciate yeah. more like i was um you know i was thinking just the because i'm trying to rewatch it the other day and just like uh you know, like seeing Night Owl ship that's by the police and, you know, yeah, the, they're, using they're using that or, uh, you know, God, it's been a while since I watched it. That's why I need to see Well, I also, I also liked showing what they did and what, what Snyder didn't do in the movie mm-hmm. was they found ways to translate some of the comic book story techniques to the screen. Hmm. You know, um, using the documentary of uh, whatever, I can't remember, Under the Hood or whatever the yeah. documentary was. Yeah. Using that in the same way they used the um, the pirate story and the, yeah. the back matter. Um, the episode where you jump through time. That was the best episode. I right, and, and that parallel to the issue where he's jumping through time. 
yeah. and experiencing everything simultaneously. Like being able to see how you translate something that worked in a comic, how do you try to get the same effect on the screen? Um, yeah. And I, yeah. I, I liked that. Yeah, I, I think they really succeeded with that. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I mean, not only that, but also I love the way that they were just moving the story along, where it's like we have these characters and they're more than just heroes. They yeah. have deeper stories. They, they've they lived lives. They, you know, they have conflict inside of them. Is what they're doing the right thing? Is what they're doing the, uh, the wrong thing? Yeah, I I thought I, I already knew, I knew that immediately when I saw them bring back uh, Laurie, which are the second uh, Silk Spectre, and I yeah. was like, oh, her name is Laurie Blake. Mm-hmm. Is she doing that because she's in hiding? Is she doing that because she's accepted uh, the comedian as her father? Oh, yep. we need to get into this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I am so intrigued. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's a great show. Uh, <laughs> we ended up just recommending that when we're talking yeah. about Justice League. Recommend it. Watch it. I mean, well, I mean, <laughs> what would you rather watch? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, hey, maybe we'll like uh, Justice League, but for sure, watch the HBO Watchmen if you haven't seen it. Honestly, if that was the case, I wouldn't mind if Zack Snyder would have like kind of pillaged some of their writing room. Yeah, maybe. And kind of brought them into. Yeah, I'm sure. And go, hey, can you guys do a couple passes of the script? Tell me if I'm it sure, works. I'm sure they you wouldn't know? mind. Yeah, it'd work, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so we'll we'll be on the lookout. But no, it's good talking just about that because you know, Rob, you have uh, you know your uh, you know your knowledgeable opinion because uh, his. And uh, yeah, it was just good to like talk civil about this. Um, oh, definitely. But yeah, just kind of wrapping up here. Um, just plugs, plugs really quick. Um, Nick, where can people find you at for social media? You can find me on Instagram and on uh, Facebook at the Nick Valero. Uh, Rob, where can uh, people find your social media? Uh, you can't. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I mean, my, my stuff's just private. I'm not trying to hype anything. Uh, if I'm going to plug anything, uh, yeah. The Wicked and Divine. Go read it. Okay. There you go. <laughs> read it. Read but, it, read uh, it. Okay. No, but uh, you know, Rob, I want to say thank you for joining us. Uh, it's really cool to have you on. You know, you're a big fan and supporter of the podcast, so I really appreciate it. And oh, then too, welcome. you know, um, just want to say, you know, thanks for being a teacher because you guys are such essential workers. And oh no, 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 we're not. That, uh, don't don't say that. Oh. They're going to force us back in if you do that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, 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 no. We are not essential workers. Okay, you're, you're, you're uh, you know, the unsung heroes of... Yeah, uh, we're, we're valuable, but we're not essential. That's okay. Right. <laughs> we're valuable, we're, but not essential. But uh, you can follow the Waffle Press on Twitter, at the Waffle Press, on Instagram, at the Waffle Press Podcast. We're on Patreon, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify. Um, please like, share, and subscribe on YouTube. Uh, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We've been professionally unprofessional. Thank <laughs> you.